Hello and welcome back to a new episode of Baseball Night as spring training has kicked off. Pitchers and catchers are there. The Red Sox had their first workout yesterday, February 15th. And Jack, it's starting. It's really happening. Finally, baseball is back. Uh, The big game was played. It was fine. And now we're time. Uh, it's now it's time to get some real sports back in the mix here. Yep, um, you and I picked the the winner of the big game correctly. Only one of us picked the correct Super Bowl MVP. Me, um, but yeah, that's in the past now. Who cares about football till? I guess we have to care about it again. The NFL draft in April when the Red Sox are out of it. Um, <laughs> I just thought of that joke on the spot. This is the kind of this is the kind of stuff you should get ready for in this 2023 baseball season. But the goal yeah, today, no punch. We're not holding any punches back this year. The goal today, Jack, is to just kind of catch up on what happened with the Red Sox and some other big moves in baseball this offseason. We had one episode where we ranted that Xander Bogarts went to the Padres. Um, he did. Yikes! But. We're not going to talk about that just yet because it's a new <laughs> we have season. A whole season. Yeah, we have a whole season to do that. And we're going to talk about something positive to start with. So to start, we're going to talk about the Red Sox signing Rafael Devers. Yeah. To okay. what works out to be a th- an 11-year, $331 million contract. But technically, it's a they avoided arbitration for this year, and he's getting seventeen million, seventeen and a half, seventeen. And then they, after this season, starting twenty twenty four, they signed him to a ten year, three hundred thirteen million dollar extension. Which, yes, just all of it, yes. That's where you start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is where you start. Um. It, they did the right thing by signing him. Um, I I think that they need to build around him because outside of Raphael Devers, there's not much. But locking him up for the future is obviously the right move. It's something we called for, uh, I think, on our first episode, which was like two postseasons ago. Um, but yeah, it, it's great that he's going to be there uh, for a long time. Um, however, he's the only one there. Yes. Which is troublesome. Yes. So that is a really good point. Um, there are some uncertainties, some young guys, some classic high and bloom. I'm just going to sign this really old guy for a year and see what happens. So let's let's break he's hoping it for down. a lot of turn. He's hoping for a lot of turn the clock back. Yes. Um, so here we go. We have the here are the comings and goings of this offseason. Let's go with the goings first, because, you know, bad news first. As mentioned in a previous podcast and earlier on this one, Xander Bogarts goes to San Diego, 11 years, 220 million, which we both agreed not necessarily what the Red Sox really should have gave him. And it makes sense they didn't match it, but they should have never got to that point. I think we, okay. I think there was a lower number that could have been taken care of last off season. 
before a market was set by Trey Turner and you had Dansby Swanson out there. And I think another guy, maybe I'm just thinking of Bogarts, but you had some good, sh- Oh, Carlos Correa. So we had some good shortstops out there this year and you could have kind of got him at a number before a market was set like Trey Turner, 11 years, 300 million. So the next yeah. one to leave was JD Martinez one year, 10 million for the Dodgers. I think you and I were both okay with that at this yeah, point. Yeah. See you later, man. Um, I don't think he was so good at his, as good as he was like the highest of highs that he was, he was probably one of the better right-handed hitters in the league, but as bad as he was at times, it was, uh, it was like two completely different players. Yes. Uh, so I'm fine. I'm fine with that. He'll probably be a perfect fit to the Dodgers who every year just reload with some all-star talent. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see what his swing in right center field does there, but Fenway's right center isn't um, Yankee Stadium. So, no, everybody on MLB Network really uh, loses their mind when somebody hits an opposite field to Dodgers in Dodger Stadium at night, uh, an opposite field home run. So, who knows? He he's got a pretty complete swing, um, but I, I don't know. I is he going to do it for a whole year? That's the thing that pisses me off about J.D. Martinez is he never did it for 162 games. He would do yeah. it for the first half, make the all-star team, be the leading all-star get, uh, vote getter, and then out of nowhere just become uh, an average major league hitter. Yeah, yeah. He would always have a hot half. That was kind of his M.O. The first year was, again, we've said this, the first year was exactly what they needed. They needed a right-handed power bat. In 2018, he came in, he hit 43 home runs. They win the World Series. Perfect. Exactly what you needed. Then he was good again, and then he fell off. The COVID year was weird. And then he really started to settle into the 2021-2022. I'm going to have a good half, and that's it. Even his good half that he had, um, was it at the start of last year, that he he didn't have any power. It was just hitting for average and drawing walks, which... Hey man, great. But at the same time, you're the three hitter in this lineup or whatever he was at the time. Yeah. So, and also 38 years old, I think. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the, like doing a good job. A great, uh, great fulfilling your, yeah. Fulfilling your contract. Actually, World obviously our favorite player on this podcast is Mookie Metz and it would be, would be remiss if we didn't mention him, but that year that he won the MVP, it is wild that J.D. Martinez did not get a single first-place MVP vote. I think it should have been Mookie, but that year J.D. Martinez was on fire. Yeah. Um, their, their numbers, uh, J.D. Martinez had the power numbers. I think I think that was, it's starting to be obviously become a uh, full, like a a complete player award. Betts, Trout, Jose Ramirez, J.D. Martinez was the voting. Um, he got one first place vote. I'm seeing. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. I thought he got zero. Yeah, no. Betts, Trout, and Martinez each got one, and then Betts got 28. Which, let's just—I love to, you know, just throw this out there. Three forty-six, four thirty-eight, six forty. 
uh, 32 home runs, 80 RBI, 1.078 OPS from the leadoff spot, and you traded him. Next to leave was Michael Walker. Actually, just signed with San Diego. I liked him, but I mean, it's not someone I'm going to lose sleep over. Yeah, I'm not going to mention him every every time we have a podcast. Right. It, it, I mean, he was he was fine. I think he overperformed last year. I think we both thought that he overperformed last year, but okay. Padres need some pitching. That's not. I I don't hate it. I certainly don't hate it from where it's at. And then Good you have him. Nate Evaldi going to Texas for two years, $34 million, $17 million a year. Somehow cheaper than I thought he was going to be, um, which is crazy to say. But um, again, a guy that went balls out in 2018, was rewarded for that, and, you know, probably shouldn't have been. Um Nate Ivaldi is he he got he's he's the only pitcher that I can really think of in recent memory who got rewarded so big for a loss. That oh, game that's that been he went my in thing since 2018. That game that he went in and threw 90 pitches in relief, like great, you lost the game. And then we're gonna give you a three-year extension that is going to be that is basically going to screw up any kind of financial plans that we had to make our team better post 2020 when his or 2021, whatever his initial deal went out. Right. And he was really good in 2021. I think he was third in Cy Young, but to, to your point, he, you get, you acquire him in 2018. He does that. He helps your bullpen. He helps your pitching staff. You end up winning two games later. Yeah, my point though is even that even that season when he was third in Cy Young and he had that great year and it was at twenty one you said, mm -hmm. um, did you ever feel like he was the ace? No, no. Yeah, because I never knew when his elbow or shoulder was going to blow up. He Um, just threw ninety nine right down the middle. Like ninety nine is great, but when you just gas it right down the middle, a major league hitter is going to mess you up. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it screwed him up, which eventually led to a Mookie trade. But you, uh, well, my point was going to be you, you acquire that guy. That's a guy you ride hard to a championship. And then you shake his hand and said, go make your money. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And Not then extend him a year early. No, that happened to another pitcher we're probably going to talk about. Then we, the last one, which, you know, Sayonara Rich Hill. See ya. He got 8 million bucks from the, the Pirates, and you won't think of him, which I don't want to think of him. I didn't want to think of him the last two years. How the how does he still get an $8 million contract? I mean, because good for he, him to be in his 40s and just throw 85 in the strike zone, but. Because they need, the Pirates need those four innings. Chewed up, four innings every five days. I guess four innings and down five runs, but okay. If now you had not said Rich Hill's name, I would have never thought of him as again as a as a former Red Sox. Mm. That's how little he did for me when he was on the mound. But how nice was it that they ended the um, lockout on his birthday? Do you remember that Gammons, Gammons tweet? Gammons, that yeah. Um, 
Must now some now what did they get? What where are we now? Masataka Yoshida, who is slated to be their leadoff guy in left field, signed for five years, 90 million. We don't really know a lot about him. High OBP, doesn't strike out a lot, may Hopefully. have some power. Hopefully. Everything yeah, everything we say about Yoshi is Yoshida is going to be hopefully because I'm not going to sit here and say like oh yeah I watched a bunch of tape from his uh Japanese league days like I haven't um I didn't know who he was when they signed him uh he was certainly not I think we said this before he's not Shohei Otani or um Ichiro or even Seiya Suzuki last year that garnered like international press when he came over uh, I I don't I hope he's great, um, because as of right now, as we get into what they added, it's a whole lot of nothing around Raphael Devers until they prove something. So I don't know. I'm I'm less than excited about Yoshida. Hopefully, he's a high on base guy. Um, that's not really what the Red Sox need. Uh, it's great to have people on base, but it would be even better to have somebody to reliably drive them in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the most, uh, he's the signing I'm probably most excited about. Cause the rest of the, the lift or list leaves me a little flaccid. Um, Kenley Jansen, two years, 32 million. They have a closer, the slowest pitcher in baseball who str- lost his closing job last year. Yeah, I'm actually, I would say he was probably the most excited I'd be until, you know, you start digging into his last couple of years where it's been a slow drop off. Um, you know, I think this is a, unfortunately, a classic high and blue move and and get a, a veteran past his prime that looks like a big signing. It looks like a big signing because it's Kenley Jansen who is who has a name. However, look at those stats just going up. Yeah, it's like a. It's like your golf score. You don't want it to go up, but it just keeps creeping up and up and up. Speak for yourself. I haven't played golf in like five years. Um, who's next on the list? Go, go ahead. I, I mean, my, I, I guess, from a position player standpoint, at Alberto Mondesi, um, I, I guess he would be my most exciting player to watch. Uh, as of right now. He'll probably be their shortstop. Well, no, he's still hurt. Still rehabbing from an ACL tear. I didn't know that. Yeah. Him and uh him and Story, two shortstops, the two shortstops on the roster are both gonna start on the IL. I don't know if Mondesi will just start there and like rehab through spring training, but so yes, they Adalberto. That that's a tough first name. Mondesi for one year, three million. Justin Turner, two years, twenty-one million. Which that doesn't do absolutely. It does absolutely nothing for me. Uh, I mean, he's Kike Hernandez's friend, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick Kike Hernandez thing when we get to the lineup projections. But yeah, so ahead. I'll save it for that. But I agree. Um, I guess he. The crazy thing is, is Justin Turner, you replaced J.D. Martinez with Justin Turner at DH. And you can Sound get, great. I guess the thinking is get 
Casas and Devers off their feet against a lefty and have him play third or first. Give him a break. Yep. The best thing, and and as we've talked about before, the best thing that you want to do with two people who are trying to figure it out is sit them down versus a certain handed pitcher. I mean, maybe not Devers so much, who has uh, his most famous play was taking Araldis Chapman deep, a left-handed pitcher, to win a game in New York City. Um, that's a stupid way to manage your team. I hate that. I hate giving guys spells, especially young guys, to have like a guy like Justin Turner face a lefty instead of Tristan Casas. Like, great, great move. I, I just hate it. it. The Justin Turner signing meant absolutely nothing it doesn't do anything for me this is a guy who's probably going to have 240 at bats and strike out 110 times like i I just don't get it i don't get what the thinking is here he's a right-handed bat who can hit a home run over the monster whatever yeah jack i this you talked about the kenley jansen being a classic high and bloom signing this is this is classic there's one more on there's one more that we haven't talked about that is the most classic high and bloom signing which is going to be Corey kluber which is uh, unless he has the ability to turn his clock back five years to when he was a cy young contender that is literally just a guy with a major league name that he's like see see what i did yeah uh i i don't he had a he was 10 and 10 with a 4.3 era last year um he was Essentially replacement level based according to baseball reference, he had a 0.7 war. So that's replacement level. Um for a good team, wasn't he on the, the race? Yeah. So yeah. he's going with a bad team that can't score runs. Uh, I I don't get it. I don't get any of the signings. They didn't address one single need outside of long terming Rafael Devers. Um and just on the Justin Turner front. Excluding the COVID year for 2020, um, 27 homers, 21 homers, 14 homers, didn't play in a lot of games that year, 27, four, that was COVID, 27, 13 last year. Oh, he was not good last year. With a drop off in every major category with the exception of batting average, which he hit 278 the last two years, on base is down 10 points, Um, OPS is down almost 100. So, hooray. There it is again. Like, great. There that's, is, the guy uh, you're, that's the guy you're spelling. You're a 25-year-old long-term third baseman and your 22-year-old long-term first baseman with. Yeah, I I agree. The, I mean, the, wor- the worst part, worse than the, the spelling, the guys, which I, I just know that they're going to give guys off guys days off every now and then but the worst part is opening day and beyond he's slated to be the full-time dh yep so beyond being like oh casas isn't playing today even though it's a mediocre lefty that's annoying but at the same time every other day justin turner is bringing those numbers to dh yeah it's not uh, it's not ideal He's not hitting 322 and 312 anymore or nope. 340 like he did for uh, that. You know, it's just, I don't. And look at, if you also dig into these numbers, like 
135, 103, 126. These are just random numbers, 128 last year. Those are games played. That's missing anywhere from 50 to 30 games, 30 to 50 games. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to, I don't know. It's just one of those things that it's like the since Bloom's got here, he's like, oh, this is a good move because it's cheap and he's versatile. No, it's not. All right. Another move that we weren't quite sure, Adam Duvall um, signed for one year, $7 million to play center field. <laughs> he is a former gold glover in left field. Center at Fenway is probably one of the easier ones. It's not like it's deep, has crazy bounces, and um, is affected by all the other players in the field. So I'm sure he'll just, just pick right up. A corner infielder moving into that spot. Uh, declining agility. What a great move. What um, it does say, what it does is it really raises the white flag on Jaron Duran, who probably won't be around a lot this year unless he has a, um, I don't know, get some prescription sunglasses or whatever to deal with that glare. But uh, it's it's another, it's, it's kind of a, a move backwards to say we don't have the farm system we thought we had, which I'm sure you're going to get to here in a little bit, but I mean, as of three or two or three seasons ago, we're just talking about a top five farm system with guys like Duran, Jeter Downs, um, and all the pitchers that they had, and Casas, of course. But now you hire you you get bring in Adam Duval, whose contract isn't terrible, um, but he's not a center fielder. He's not and a he's center also, fielder, and he hurt his wrist, which is a- and he's a high strikeout dude. That all the guys they're bringing in are high strikeout people. With the exception of like maybe Yoshida, who has never seen major league pitching. Right. So he has the last two years, he struck out over 30% of his at bats. Um, <laughs> the thing I wanted to find this, I was looking through fan graphs, his home run to fly ball rate, because 19, 20, and 21, he was pretty decent. He's good. He was a good right handed power hitter. His, mm-hmm. it went, 2019, 20%. 2020, it was 21%. 2021, it was also 21%. And it dropped to 12 last year. He got hurt. He didn't play a lot of games, but that's alarming when it drops to 12. It drops 9%. You're the whole, yeah. the fly balls you hit aren't going out of the park anymore. That's, but you know, center fielders aren't known for their power. They're, you know, your speed defensive guys. Um, which probably means he the, probably has 30 steals on his resume. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, no, lumbering yeah, right-handed power hit, hitter. Um, the only move, I mean, I'm excited for Yoshida. I think it's at least to see what he is, but Chris Martin for two years, 13 and a half million. I'm a, fine. I'm on board. Yeah. Do you need relievers? <laughs> that one I'm good with. So, just just another off season where you just you're left disappointed highly disappointed and then you hear from the state media that is the Boston Red Sox PR department um oh you you guys know what's coming this we're not done this isn't over yet which would indicate that they're going to make some trade however it has been recently reported by, I think it was Chad Jennings, 
uh, at The Athletic. I could be wrong on that. Who ranks their system 27th out of 30 in the major leagues. So there's nobody to trade with. Nobody is going to take your assets because you don't have any more prospects. And the only guy you have to make a splash in the trade market on your team, you just signed to a long-term deal. And if you if you move him, you'll lose the entire fan base. Yeah, I forget. Nobody's going to trade for Chris Sale. Nobody's going to take no. Chris Sale. No. God. Oh, no, Jackie. Oh, no. Um, the only guy anybody would take is Rafi Devers or Casas. And yeah. you you can't trade them. No, no, that's the that's the cornerstones right there. Unless you're facing a lefty. Um, and Casas is only 23. There are a million like question marks over him too. Well, wait till you hear the projected lineup. I actually jotted this down. Oh, I have it. I have it up. <laughs> I jotted this down out of what I thought they're gonna do, and then I kind of verified it, and I was like, what a bummer. So right now it's. Slated to go Yoshida, Kike, Devers, Turner, Casas, Duval, Verdugo, Arroyo, Maguire. Yeah, I have those same nine names, just in a different order. Um, if you could, Tom, for me, for your big brother, if you could tell me on your projection, where is Kike Hernandez slated to play? Shortstop. Starting shortstop. For the Boston Red Sox, Kike Hernandez. So I know, Jack, I'm aware. And what happened? There, I don't, we, I feel like we beat a dead horse on the Mookie trade, which I will bring up till I die. And there's nobody, the only person left from the Mookie trade is Alex Verdugo. And unless he wins an MVP in the next five years, uh, it's, it's, Possibly, if not already, the worst trade in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. So the the thing I don't get. I've seen people on social media complain about how much Shohei Otani is talked about by various like MLB's social media cut for. Well, the Angels obviously will do that with him and Trout, and they should. The Red Sox, I know you're not on social media. Red Sox social media is gives Kike Hernandez the amount of attention that Otani gets. That I don't he's get handsome it. And personable. That's it. It's because he's handsome and he's funny when he's got a mic on in the field and people like him. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that he's a 200 career hitter with declining stats in literally every category. His one big postseason where he had like a hundred doubles in one series will carry him in this city and on this team for the rest of his career. That's it. He doesn't need to produce. He's handsome, he's funny, and he had a hot postseason once. That's enough. That's Nate Evaldi. That's without the good looks and the personality, that's Nate Evaldi and why he got signed. That's Steve Pierce winning an AL MVP and getting a huge extension the next year. World Series MVP. Don't give him an AL MVP. Everybody who listens to this podcast, Murph, knew who I meant. Um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here, but it just, you're looking at it. He's played full seasons one, two, three, four, five times. I, I'm, I'm happy that you can still pull up his baseball reference page. I, I can't do it anymore. Um, 
the highest he's ever hit in a full season is 256. Terrible. But also, like, his on-base percentage that season was 336. Fine. The next highest is, I guess it was 337 in 2021. So the projections are that he's going to hit 15 home runs, drive in 59, all while hitting 240 with a 312 on-base percentage. 312 on base percentage. That's that's not a top of the lineup type of number. How are people supposed to drive you in if you're on base that that um hmm not that often. I these yeah. are being concerned. I don't think he's gonna hit 15 home runs. Steamer I, I, that... Steamer on fangraphs has his, him slashing 237, 309, 393. And being so a pretty one... much the same stat line. And I think again, that's high. He's a career 220 hitter. I, they're saying it's high because I, I don't know. And that's not even getting but, into defensively. Yeah, where he, I mean, he's he's played I, center field the last two years. Yeah. He has not played shortstop. <laughs> it's 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 mind it's mind numbing to think they'll just be like, uh, I'm sure he'll just be a, make the transition to major league starting shortstop, a position I don't know that he's ever played with regularity in in the majors. I'm looking that up sec- now. He played he played second a lot in in L.A. He has a hundred career games at shortstop. Okay, more than I would have thought, but still, not a, not a lot, not even full season. The most he's played is 24. Okay. I just I, it's that's different. Being a utility guy is different than being the everyday guy at that position. So, I mean, I know that the lineups are a little different here, but Yoshida, uh, we don't know anything about. Kike, I think we're in agreement that agreeance that he is not great. Uh, Devers, all-star. Um, Justin Turner, I have hitting fourth. A lot of protection for Devers. I have Verdugo, fifth, um, which I don't know. I have him here projected to hit at 285. Uh, he is capable of doing that. He makes good contact. There is absolutely no power, and he's a bad return on investment. Um, Adam Duvall, who we touched on earlier, going to lumber around center field for as long as they let him. Casas, they have batting seventh, and uh, he's got a high on base. They haven't taken a lot of walks, but... And then Arroyo and Maguire. I... Boy, saying that out loud... It's pretty grim. Yeah, and because because they don't know what they're doing, as we've mentioned, we don't understand what their plan is. They no. they are still above the luxury tax with this team. Um, amazing that so, they sell you a pile of bullshit and tell you, "Oh, we're trying to make the team better," and it's. Well, it's not. You're you're still above the tax. You're you're still going to pay that. And now this team that you have uh, is projected. To, I don't even. I don't have a projected wins, but it's got to be less than seventy. Yeah, I don't. Um, let's see. Twenty Fangraphs projected standings. AL East. Here you go. We have. Um. Oh, here's what how's. Oh, not depth charts, standings. Come on, guys. Get it together. 
The Red Sox are projected to have 78. But, uh, oh, wait, sorry. 83? That can't be right. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't, fan graphs. I don't, I don't (laughs) see how they, I actually don't see how they finish ahead of the Orioles. The only thing, the only thing helping them is they play the Yankees and Blue Jays less this year with the new schedule. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I can't see them beating the Orioles. Um, they're certainly not better than the Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays. And um, it's going to be a long year because it's going to be a long year. What doesn't help these projections is currently, again, this is me thinking how it would probably go. Not necessarily how I think it should go, but the rotation is Sale, Whitlock, Pavetta, Bayo, Kluber with Houck and Paxton. Um, <laughs> also there. James Paxton. But I wow. guess... I, I was my, reading his name and I forgot about him until you said it. My guess would be Hulk is in there and Bayo's probably out to start, which I just disagree with. And to be honest with you, who knows with injuries because sale falls apart all the time. Right now, if you ask me, Garrett Whitlock should be the opening day starter. Yeah, 100%. 100%. He won't be. He's the best. He's the best pitcher on the staff. Yeah. And it's not even close. And the second best um, pitcher on the staff is Tanner Hauk. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I know. <laughs> I think Hauk should be in the bullpen. I think that last year, I, I remember saying that Hauk should be a starter. He, he's been trained to be a starter, but he did well enough to move to the bullpen. bullpen and I think he has the mindset to, to pitch out of the bullpen. Garrett Whitlock is your not only your best starter, he's your best pitcher. And I, I've seen people say he's going to be out of the bullpen in some kind of like Andrew Miller type whenever we need you go three, if you need it, that is a bad use of Garrett Whitlock, get him in a routine, have him make 30 starts this year. If he stays healthy and have him be an anchor in your rotation. I don't understand Nick Pavetta, Corey Kluber, Chris sale and James Paxton can try as hard as they will. I don't see that foursome amounting to anything that you want. They have Chris sale. Slated at 121 strikeouts. The guy used to strike out close to 300. That is a significant drop off. Or over 300 and then totally ruin your career. John Farrell, shout out. Um, yeah, I agree completely with the Garrett Whitlock role. I think it should be he's a starter and you're not going to jerk him around. Or you say, hey, Garrett Whitlock. You're our closer, and you're going to be stretched out to be an eighth and ninth inning closer if you have to be. And we're going to use you a couple times a week, but if you come in the eighth, you're you're finishing it. And yeah, unless I mean, uh, unless they like open it up, but I agree that's why they signed Martin and Jansen so you can put them in the rotation. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, while well, I was making that point about Hulk too. So I don't know what they're going to do with Hulk then. It'll be an interesting spring training to see how they use his, these pitchers because he's I a better starter. That... He was better at Hulk. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a better starter. And and then there's the questions around Bayo too. Like I mean, he's got a lot of 
um, upside, and, and people are projecting him to be a, a good pitcher. He necessarily didn't prove that with his time in the majors last year, which was kind of a bummer because you wanted to see him like come out and dominate, but he's still so young. I think he's only 22. Um, I, again, very interested to watch how they use their pitchers in spring training. I mean, not how they use them because they'll be coming in at all different innings, but really like how they're projected or how they're going to use them. And like, I, I I just don't, I, I don't want to see James Paxton pitch. I know I haven't, but it's not something I'm clamoring to do. Like dude just doesn't miss two seasons and come back with 97 and Cy Young like stuff. I, I just, they have three former Cy Young winners on their team. Mm-hmm. That not one of them is even close to threatening Cy Young voting anymore. I completely agree. Um, did Celia, is Chris Young, Chris Sale win a Cy Young? That was a tongue twister. Um, if he hadn't, I would be very surprised. I thought he won. I know Kluber and Paxton did. No, he didn't. Um, wow. What a, What is this dude? So the top results on Google when you type in Chris Sale, Cy Young. First one, does Chris Sale have a Cy Young? Second. Why did Chris Sale throw a tantrum? That, <laughs> there you go. The reasoning behind why he threw it is even funnier than the headline. Didn't they take him out to project protect him? No, I thought it was the one where he took the little razor to his uniform because his uniform was too tight. Oh, that was the Chicago one. He no, and I think he threw a tarot, he threw a tantrum for having a bad outing in the in triple A. He threw a a tantrum in the triple A trainer's oh, office. Oh, in Worcester. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. That was like a couple of years ago, maybe even last season. So I don't know. I, I am like, I'm trying not to say this, but Chris Sale is the closest person to on the Red Sox. And this is crazy to me just saying like this dude outright sucks. And I, it's a mix of everything. Disappointment uh, projected of what he should be. He's basically just stealing money. <laughs> Because he doesn't play baseball. Yeah. Well, he is probably my least, uh, aside from Kike Hernandez taking a hell hack from the top of the lineup, Chris Sale is probably uh, the person I'm least looking forward to watching play baseball this year. Yeah, let's be honest. You probably won't watch much of it. Um, <laughs> so we went too long on the Red Sox stuff. So this is good because it's going to be a slow postseason. We'll do more major league stuff next week. Um, so we'll get into the the signings around the league and things like that. The new rule changes that are going to come up. Then we'll do some World Baseball Classic because that's exciting. Yeah. That's happening. We'll talk about yeah, yeah, how pumped I am. I mean, everyone wants it. We need a Dominican American final. That's what everyone wants. That's what baseball and the organizers want so we'll probably get venezuela yeah. versus japan which i'd still watch um, i was just gonna say i'd like to see shohei otani in one of those high leverage games for japan yeah so that will kind of be the schedule but for the most part i think we're back we're back weekly until god wow october november get used to us people all right so jack i'll talk to you later bye tom bye